Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney, alongside Jay Woodson, McLean Boyd. We are back for another episode, although we have no actual golf to talk about on this episode. There was no event. A huge one-week off-season occurred. We've got a new event, new season starting this week. But uh, before we get started, how was your weekend, boys? Fantastic weekend. Good weekend. You want to play golf? Good. No, no. Like I said, I had a fantastic weekend. Didn't hit one bad shot. Yep. <laughs> I played That's golf good. the weekend prior and I probably shouldn't have. So this weekend did not play golf. I did projects at the house. Yeah, uh, there you um, go. You, yeah. you used, you used up a hall pass. You didn't have last weekend. Yeah, I didn't. I did not have a hall pass and I just kind of did it. And it was, I felt the repercussions later, but th- when I did play golf the week prior, it was fun. But this weekend we, uh, uh, we did we did more house projects, so you always had that un, you always had that uneasy feeling, like I know I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, and I'm really having fun, but I kind of feel guilty. Yeah. Don't really want to go home and deal with what's going to happen, but in the moment, I'm gonna have a great fucking time. Just enjoy it until the very <laughs> end, and then when you get back to the house, you're like, all right, here we go. Just suck it up, suck it up. Um, whatever, whatever happens, happens. Little uh, little housekeeping again. We're doing this on a Tuesday. I uh, had a long day at the uh, at the club yesterday, and so um, was not in the mood to do a podcast last night. <laughs> so after working a roughly fourteen hour day, but I will say a little shout out to um, the event that we had yesterday at the Foundry. We've been doing it now, I believe, this is the tenth year. It is uh, a group of our members started in an organization called Virginians for Veterans to raise money for all kinds of different causes uh, related to. Um, military veterans, both active and um, retired. And it's just a, just a really cool cause. Great event. They put on a first-class show and raised just an absolute ton of money for these guys. A lot of inspirational speeches and talks from real men, frankly. And uh, when I stand there and listen to these guys, I realize how little of a man I am. Not, <laughs> and I'm not talking about my stature, which I am little, but uh, also how irrelevant my complaining is sometimes when I do bitch about my work and my day-to-day life and what these guys have been through and, and what they have done for us. So uh, again, just a shout out, if you're looking for a great cause of support Virginians for veterans right here in the great Commonwealth of Virginia, Jay was there. Jay was uh, nice enough to volunteer his time and hit some tee shots for the 33 groups that we had out yesterday. We moved the tee boxes up on the first hole, and Jay was ripping three woods all day, 250 yards, trying to give everyone some close eagle putts. I didn't really see him hit any good ones, but allegedly he did hit some good shots. <laughs> I had so many good shots. I'm not going to lie. But every time Mike woke up on the tee, I never really hit anything close. But, I, you know, I love the first. The who first, knows? The who first knows? time I walk up, I'm like, Jay, how's it going? Man, I'm hitting some good shots. Yeah, it's going great. He gets up there and he pumps one like 30 yards right. So we grabbed, which is ball. not a bad shot, you know, with a three wood. Well, I mean, it's like, hey, it's in play. Yeah, it's I fine. Mean, you can get up and down for birdie. Sure, you get, these guys got to pitch over a bunker, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, let me let me hit another one. It hits in like the same spot. He goes, oh, no, no, one one more. I just won't get on the green. Hits in the same spot. He's uh, like, Mike, I swear, I swear, <laughs> I've been hitting him like laser beams at the flag all day. <laughs> I had. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I really had been hitting laser beams until you walked out there. But I will say, if you don't hit that first ball well, 
like you talk about the the pressure after that like it's the equivalent like you get to that second third ball when everyone's like like they feel nervous for you because they know that you're supposed to hit a good shot which is asinine it's, because it's a little hard. quiet yeah it gets quiet like oh wow he can't he can't hit it up there on the green oh <laughs> Oh gosh. I mean, it's, it's 250 freaking yards and we're trying to, I mean, I'm hitting shots up there like to 20, 30 feet, if not closer on some other occasions, but it's like, this, this is a good shots. These are great shots. I mean, I would yeah. be happy with any of those shots that I hit. I mean, there's a couple that weren't great. That one that you were, you're talking of those three were not good. No, I'm just, I'm giving Jay a hard time. But they, they weren't, you're right. They were not good, but I, it is, it is funny how, and we talked about it earlier, you know, it, most of the good players really understand and get it. And they, they understand how difficult it is to hit a three wood, you know, close to a, a the pin on a, a par four. But um, so that was cool. I, I'm not going to lie. Almost all the people that we met out there were incredible. Um, and there's some in, incredible guys and, and people have, have accomplished some incredible feats. And uh, obviously for, <laughs> to secure our freedom, which is really nice to, to meet these guys. I've seen, I think this is the fifth year I've done it, Mike. And uh, I see a lot of the same faces and it's kind of cool because these guys come up and give me a hug every time they see me and they, I see them once a year um, and they remember me and I, I don't remember their names. I know who they are, but they remember me by, by, by name, which is, which is awesome. Like th- this is their highlight to come watch, watch me hit a golf ball, which is just stupid because it's nothing compared to anything that they've ever done in their life, which is, it's pretty cool. And, and, you know, who Roddy DeVood is, is a member at, at, at the, at the club there that Mike's the head pro at, and he kind of helps run that, uh, run that tournament. And, and he's an incredible guy and he's one of my good friends and has helped me along the way playing golf. And I, I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but, He's a great guy. And he he puts on a damn good tournament and he he does it right. Yes, he does. Yeah, it's always it's always fun to be a part of. And I always kind of come home a little a little jacked up from it, telling stories to Lindy. And mm-hmm. um, again, like you said, I, I see a lot of these guys, a lot of these vets come back every year to play in this. And um, yeah, it's like it's like we're family now. And I have uh, my man Stephen Tobaz Turbo. Yeah, I, I, always, I always tell this story. Yeah, he's a <laughs> PXG troop. Yep, he's yeah. a badass. I'll I'll never he's a former Navy SEAL. SEAL the, Team Six. Yeah, SEAL Team Six. And I remember the first year he showed up. He came up from Virginia Beach with uh a small handful of guys. They get out of this van and you know, we're a private golf club and you know, no denim and tucking your shirts and you know, all <laughs> that kind of stuff. Well, he gets out, he was in golf attire, shirt untucked, hat backwards, shoulders as wide as wide gets. Just he is wide. Uh, yeah, big as, boy. as firm as a human being as I've ever felt in my life. Um, and he comes walking through the golf shop where his hat on backwards and shirt on tucks. So I just look at my staff and I said, Hey, hey boys, who's going to go tell turbo to tuck in his shirt and turn his hat around. <laughs> there were no, no, hand, no, no hand raised for that one. And put it that way for what he's done for our country. He can dress however he wants at the time. That's a damn right thing. after he pulls off his uh, prosthetic on his left leg and yep. tells you to take a shot out of it or a, yeah. a slug of beer out of Struck it. a beer out of it. He did that to me four years ago. And we were playing in, uh, I think it was either this event or Ernie Ells puts on another uh, event, uh, similar event. It's Ells for autism down in Virginia beach, which is a great event. Um, but he turbo plays in this as well. And he, he said, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to slug a beer out of this, um, out of my prosthetic leg. And I'm like, 
I don't know if I want to do that. And <laughs> I mean, you what are you what are you supposed to do to a, a SEAL Team Six? You know, I mean, he is a, a decorated, uh, you know, Navy veteran who, I mean, you got to do whatever he says to do. So, of course, he pulls it right out and then ch- pours a beer in it. And I'm like, here we go. This is a real thing. I'm really doing this. But I mean, he's the type of guy that commands like that type of respect. And I, you know what? I don't care. You, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it for, for a guy like that. And he is he's a, actually a, a, a really genuinely nice guy, too. Like he is. Yeah, he he just he gets it. He gets people. He gets uh, he gets the whole he gets the whole thing. So I was like, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. He's a oh yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> he was. He, I'll say he was. He was feeling pretty good last night. He was one of the last guys to leave. And was he? <laughs> I walked out. I'm like, all right, boys. I'm I'm heading out. You guys have a great night. And he came over. He gave me a big a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And I was like, all right, Turbo. I think it's time for you to shut it down, pal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, just a just a real fun event and, and good to be a part of. And again, that's why we weren't recording last night. So we're doing this on a Tuesday. Get the yeah. episode out on a if Wednesday. You- if you get a chance, um, you know, Google Roberts Ridge. Uh, so Turbo was was part of the uh, the SEAL Team Six uh, mission there at Roberts Ridge, and I don't I don't want to get into all the details, uh, but just just Google it um, and and hear the stories that 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 you find on there. They because I don't want to I don't want to misspeak and, and, and give the wrong details, but I think there was roughly six guys uh, that took down you know maybe a hundred uh, Afghani's uh, in this in this battle of Roberts Ridge and, and he was one of the big players and they all were obviously, but, yeah. um, and that's, that's where he lost his, where it's where he lost his leg. And, uh, I believe the just, story goes, yeah, he had gotten shot a couple of times or, or hit with something again. I don't know the exact details in his leg and he's laying there basically not able to walk and still firing and still taking guys down, uh, when he's basically laying on his back. So, yeah. And the, and the, the, the way the story kind of unfolds is they were obviously in the ice and snow and they could, you know, his 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 fellow uh, his fellow Navy Navy SEALs wanted to call him back up, like, "Hey, we can call these guys in. We can get you out of here, and uh, you know, and try, try to make sure you're safe." And he's, you know, was like, "Absolutely not." He's like, "We will stay here and, and keep fighting." He's like, and he basically just packed his his you know mangled leg into yeah. the ice to, to seal it up, to make, I shouldn't say seal it up to just to stop the bleeding, to kind of clot everything. And then they just kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting. And they took all of these guys down. Um, and these, I, I say these terms, like I have I don't yeah. any clue, like how intense this is. All I can do is just imagine. And, and, and so I, I don't want to, I don't want to, the reason I didn't even want to go there is because I don't, I don't want to say how I don't want, to, to 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 give the full meaning and, and really sh- to showcase yeah, how not incredible this was. It's but tough to give it true justice. Yeah, it's tough to to. I don't want to paraphrase because there's there's it's just an incredible feat. But um, it, it was it was an incredible act, and you know, obviously he came out of it and he's alive. He obviously lost the lower extremity of his left leg, and uh, you know he's uh, and he's an avid golfer. I mean, he's a PXG guy. We got on the first tee to yesterday, and you know I've played with him a dozen times, and I finally got a chance. I was like, "Hey, Turbo, can you just do one thing for me?" So we just tweaked a little bit with his setup, and he smashed one just short of the green on one with his driver, and he he got in his cart, which was this was the highlight of my day because he he gave me a hug after he hit the shot, and then he gets in the cart with his playing partner. I'm not sure who he's playing with, but he he looked at the guy's like, "Did you just see me hit that damn shot?" 
She's like, did you see that? He's like, can you believe I just hit I that? I think he was I playing mean, with Roddy. What? Uh, he wasn't playing with Roddy uh, this week. He was playing with someone else. I, I can't remember who it was. But, you know, that's what's cool about golf. You know, we're here talking. This is a golf podcast, obviously. But that's what's incredible about this game is, like, it, it can bring so many different people together. You're talking – you know, uh, you know, army veterans, Navy veterans, you know, Marines that, I mean, all across the board athletes, you know, everyone, everyone can play this game and everyone can get that, that excitement from hitting that one good shot. It only takes one to keep you coming back. And I always say that like you can play horribly for 18 holes and you hit that one good shot. You hit it right in the center. And you're like, Oh man, I was like, this game is great. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. So I don't know. Great day. It was a yep. pretty cool moving day, but anyway. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, uh, real side topic here, Jay, while you were talking there, I, I Googled um, approach the green from 225 to 250 on the PGA Tour. Yeah. The leader in the world was Paul Casey. His average from that distance was uh, 40 feet, four inches. So, hey, don't feel so I mean, bad. So when I hit when I hit one to 25, 30 feet, that was a hell of a shot. That's a hell of a shot. <laughs> and when I hit so, it to 50 feet and missed the green, that's still not a bad shot. Yeah. Well, I saw 50 yards, but you know. Well, that was just one out of one of the <laughs> 33 shots that I hit. Um <laughs> so all right, real fast. What's everyone drinking? What uh what flavor Kirkland seltzer you got today, McLean? I went with a Costco cab. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually, it's not a Costco cab, but I bought it at Costco. It there is you a, go. It is a cab. So even after last night, back on the grapes? Yeah. You're not going to that for me. <laughs> what about you, Jay? Uh, I'm going with the uh, staple there for me, Elijah Craig. This is one of my, this is my go-to, always have it available. At least I try to. Single uh, barrel? Single barrel. Or the, it's a, yeah, small batch. I just grab small batch. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. good. I, good. Uh, Can't beat it. I made an old fashioned tonight. I got okay. these new things I bought on Amazon. They're like orange twists that you can buy. They're like already like twisted in a, in a can. Anyways, I tried that doing with a little reservoir bourbon from right here in Richmond, Virginia. There you go. And I used a little pre-mixed old fashioned thing and I couldn't get my levels right. I don't like actually measure it. And Anyways, I have a really big drink tonight, a lot bigger than I intended it to be. As I just kept on adding and adding and adding stuff. So, anyways, it's delicious. It's delicious. And let's uh let's get into some golf. Huh? Some golf. So again, no, no event this week. It was the one one week <laughs> off the one week off season. We had an event across the pond. We yep. did have an event across the pond. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I want to get to the Ryder Cup. So I don't want to I don't want to get too in depth. And we have talked about this every week, but we're going to try to do a Ryder Cup preview next week. But we did have the captain's picks made on both squads since our last show. And when we were talking last week, it, the rumors and reports out there were it sounded like Spieth, Finau, Schauffele, English, Berger were going to be locks. And they were. They were in. And so it came down to one pick. And Stricker picked Scotty Scheffler. As that one pick. So Jay's pumping his fist. Well, I mean, is that a good pump of the fist or it's, it's kind of sure? in the middle? Yeah, I do like I do like Scotty. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna play well. I think he's gonna be uh I think he's gonna 
finish above, you know, 50%. I think he's going to win more than a winning record. Okay. Yeah. He's going to have a, he's going to have a winning record. So, and, and that's as a captain's pick at the end, like the controversial pick, if you have a guy that comes out ahead, that that's good. And I think he will, cause I think he's tough and he's, he's built for, for, for this type of competition. He's built for match play. And I think it was a good pick. I, 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 and Dan Patrick Reed showed his ass too. I just, I'm sorry. I like, I like, you know, there's a good chance that Brooks Kepka gets out there and can't play. And if he had just been a little bit more, had a little bit more couth about him and just said, Steve, I appreciate, you know, you doing what you had to do. I understand that you need to pick those guys. I've been in the hospital, but you know, if something happens, you know, I'm here if you need me, but yeah. he didn't go that way. He went the other way, liking tweets for people, uh, you know, bashing Steve Stricker for not picking him and, and, and which is, it's not the way to do it, dude. It's not the way to do it. No, I mean, that's why people don't like him. That's why people don't like him. And the problem is this is the event that everyone likes him for. And like, just let everybody else do the talking this time. Like let everyone else do it. Yeah. We can get back into the actual picks and and Scheffler, but since, since you brought up Reed and um, I like bashing people here, especially the idiots. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for him to go through and if, and if you weren't aware of this for any of our listeners, Patrick Reed on Twitter went through and liked a bunch of tweets that people were sending out of like negative comments about Stricker and he's an idiot and he's dumb and he should have picked Reed and he's a, and Stricker's a coward for not picking him. Well, Reed's going around liking all this stuff. And it's like, it just comes off to me. And this is how I've always thought of Patrick Reed. as like a petulant child. It's like, what are you doing? Like you're kicking and screaming because you didn't get picked in recess like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. there's there's decent reason for him not to pick you. You you were just in the hospital and allegedly, from your words, almost died. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. So it's like it's a it's for him to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I'm not really sure. You've only been back for one week, and I don't know if you're going to be, especially when he already has a guy on the squad in Brooks Kepko who he's unsure of health wise, if he can play. To then have another guy on the squad who's he's unsure of is I think would be dumb. And, and I kind of get where Stricker was coming from there. And, yeah. you know, to that, for them to then do that. And, you know, who knows if it was him or his wife or whoever, because we all know she's a whack job too. And it's part yeah. of the reason he's a whack job. You know, it's like, come on, just, I don't know, just say and do the right thing for once. Did he, did Stricker come out and say that the reason he didn't pick him was because of the uncertainty of, of his health and the fact that no. he already had another, he had Brooks kept going. He did say that. Well, so I don't he think he mentioned Brooks directly, yeah, he but he did say Kepka. the health of Reed was one of the reasons why he did not that's pick just him. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. I mean, Steve, Steve Stricker is like one of the most class act guys on the PJ tour. I mean, if he makes a decision, you know, you can not agree with him, but you got to respect him because you know that he didn't, he didn't make a decision on a whim. Like, you know, that Steve Stricker sat there, which any captain that they, that they, that, that, that's representing the US or, or, the, or the Euros for that matter, they're not going to, they're going to take the time and talk to everyone and make the best pick that they can. He's got a valid reason for not picking him. And there's plenty of valid reasons for, for picking him, um, even with the, the, the double pneumonia. I mean, but, you know, hey, Steve, I mean, it's not like this guy's like an arrogant jerk that, is just going to make a pick out of spite and say, I don't like you, Patrick Reed. I'm not picking you. That's he wouldn't do that. He would pick Steve Stricker is one of the most competitive guys out there. 
he's quiet, but I mean, you talk to anybody, he is like, this guy is a, he's a, he's a bulldog. He like, I say bulldog because you know, that's the, we, we reserve that for Jim Furyk because Jim Furyk is a junkyard dog. And we all know we like Jim Furyk on this show, but we also realized last week that we don't like cats. We like dogs as well. We like so. dogs. We like dogs. Take I was trying dog. to we, get there. I was trying to get there. I've been literally <laughs> sitting here waiting just to say <laughs> that the Scotty Scheffler pick at the end of the day, we got a dog. That's right. We got a dog. I, I do like the Scheffler pick. I think he can just rack up some birdies. And he was the best pick of the available guys. And it seems like by really good form, he's in really good form. Uh, He's a guy. Jay's absolutely correct. That can rack up a ton of birdies. Someone that is really good in match play uh, situation. You want a guy who's making a bunch of birdies. Um, At the end of the day, I mean, it was the only other person I think that was on the radar for me would have been Webb because of his experience. I, I don't think it got past. I mean, I, I think Billy Horschel is a little bit out of, not out of line, but I think it was a little bit of a stretch for him to expect a phone call with the obvious choices in front of him with everyone that would have to have gotten passed over to him. Now, I think, yeah. is he someone who I would like to have on the team? Different question. Is he someone right now who I think if, uh, Patrick Reed is out, or not Patrick Reed is out, Brooks Kepka is out, who I think is probably a better choice. I kind of like I kind of like Billy Horschel. I mean, you talk about you get a gritty match play player in Billy Horschel. I think he's <clears throat> I think he's less controversy with Patrick Reed. You can match him up in more situations uh with the current team, the way it yeah. sits. Um, I don't think there is the Webb Simpson that you can put Patrick Reed with um that can just go out there and put things aside. I think this this group of players is going to play better with and gel more with Billy Horschel than Patrick Reed. Yeah. And I think, you know, the reason for Scheffler Stricker seemed to make it seem like with, with all the guys that it was course fit. It was, he wanted bombers, right? One of the reasons probably why Webb got passed up. And I, I like that. Yeah. they kind of getting a little more fresh meat and some rookies and some young guys. And I think Scheffler's, you know, he's a university of Texas guy. Dallas, I think it's, I think he lives in Dallas, you know, Bryson's in Dallas speeds, a UT guy. I think he fits personality wise with some of the guys that you're looking at potential pairings, maybe a little bit better than Webb. We all love Webb. He's a grinder. He has the experience. He would have been, you know, the elder statesman on the team, him and DJ, but yeah, I, I, I have almost nothing against the, the Scheffler pick. You know, I think we, you know, we had talked about, you know, Kisner, and then he wasn't playing well. And then now nah, has been on a tear, but he's definitely not a course fit for whistling no. straights. No. So, and, and I, I thought Webb hasn't been playing overly great as of. That's also of true. Late. That's also So it's true. not like he's coming in hot, you know. Yeah. He played well at the Wyndham, which is, you know, like saying Home course. the government's going to collect taxes, you know. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. You know, this death taxes and Webb Simpson playing well at the Wyndham Championship <laughs> are some of the most certain bets in life. Yeah. Um, but regardless of which, that's the last time we really saw him, I think, in contention. I don't think he played very well throughout the playoffs. I could no, be wrong if I missed he, something. No, he didn't no. even qualify for the uh, Tour Championship. No. Which so. has got to be the first time in a long time for him. Yeah, because he, yeah, the tour he, he normally is in the mix. You're right. Yeah, I, I mean, was- since since the little bit of the drought when he had to get over the putting and find the new way to putt, mm-hmm. that might have been the only year or two he was out. But 
on the opposite side to those, you know, bookends to those years, he's been pretty fucking stellar. You know, I was a little surprised. So Billy Horschel goes over to England in the Euro Tour and wins the the BMW PGA at Wentworth. Big event over there on the European Tour. It's kind of like their players, if you will. Yeah. And he says after the round that he wasn't even called. I was a little surprised that he wasn't even called by Stricker because, I don't know, maybe Stricker was just kind of talking to and worrying about you know, seven or eight guys. And I guess maybe Horschel just wasn't on that. And he picked, you know, six of those eight guys called Reed called Webb, And that was it. I, I don't know how that works. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I know they have all these dinners leading up and they always have these talks with the potential captain's picks and guys that can be on the team. I don't know how wide that, that nest, that net that they cast is on those guys, but you know, is he a guy that you look at? I know McLean says, yes, if, if Kepka has to bail, are you still taking Reed, even though he's a dumbass? If he's healthy, I'm still taking Reed. Yeah, like, I mean, I, that, I, like not... that guy. That guy, he he loves controversy. So, especially now, after liking the liking the Steve Stricker tweets and creating all this drama, he almost feeds off of it. He feeds off of it. Like I, I think if Brooks can't go. I think it would be in it would be Steve it would be in Steve Stricker's uh, it would be in his benefit to pick him like hey you hate your captain like you're pissed at your captain you're pissed at everybody you're pissed at the world then go go win five matches you know go win five matches prove us wrong dude if you if that's the way he is that's the way that's the way Patrick Reed is so if it were me if I were the captain and I didn't pick him and he was hating me I'd be like. That's the guy that I want for this this event. He can hate cool. me all day. If you give me five points, great. Hate me for the rest of your life, but you give me five points and we win, we win the Ryder Cup, I'm, then mm-hmm. I'm a winner. <laughs> well, it would also care. be a huge risk for Stricker not to pick him and lose. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes, you know, you talk about controversy. You don't think Patrick Reed is going to just have a field day with that on his on his wife's fake Twitter account. <laughs> come on it's going to be everywhere um yeah so but there's a lot at risk i mean I, again i like the horschel pick i'm not saying it's a better pick than reed i just i just know that what the advantages are and where the argument is you know like i said chemistry wise i think horschel is going to be a better guy you can play him with more guys i think in form he's obviously in pretty good form right this second um at the same time do I think it's necessarily a better pick? No. Is there anyone that feeds more off of this event than Patrick Reed? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, he he approaches this event the way the Europeans approach it. Yeah. It is it is his Super Bowl. It is. I uh 100%. I'm still going I'm going to go nah. I know he doesn't fit the golf course whatsoever. Kevin, huh? I just I like Are you it. even trying like we're we're trying to create content here. <laughs> Dude, he would be great content. Walking in putts on Ian Poulter, they'd go berserk on each other on the greens. It'd be awesome. It would be funny. And then you you only you don't have to play him in all five sessions. You play him two or three times. Hell, you could put him with Bryson in the foursomes. Right? So, yeah, he's a little short off the tee, but Bryson's going to have... doesn't matter because he hits his irons so long. So, the, his shortness off the tee and vice versa. Bryson's going to bomb it off the tee and... And now we'll have nothing into these greens, and then he's going to put his ass off. That's I go with. I go with Nah. I'm going to stick with Nah. 
Um, I know he does has nothing to do with course fit at Whistling Straits in the 7,500 yards they're going to play it at, but he's used to that. He's played it before, so I'm going nah. And because, again, we keep talking about this whole Brooks Kepka thing, so the whole team was there. They were just there uh, for some practice rounds on Sunday and Monday. I shouldn't say the whole team. 11 of the 12 were there. Kepka did not make the trip, obviously, because mm. he's probably mm. dealing with his injury. And mm. so... You know, his his camp is usually pretty tight-lipped. He's dealt with some injuries over the years. And, you know, was it this hell this year? At the, he had that knee injury. Was this year at, at Augusta? Or was it back in November when he was reading his putts all funny and yeah. sticking his leg out because he couldn't oh. bend his knee? <laughs> it was weird. Um, so, and again, it is, it is really interesting on if he will play. You know, is he going to be a tough guy and, and suck it up and, and play injured and play like shit? Or is he going to have enough wherewithal and say, hey, guys, I'm not 100 percent. I'm going to do a detriment to this team. I'm going to I'm going to yeah. back out. And then who do they pick? So it's a pretty fascinating little little decision that, you know, it can go one way or the other. So but I don't know. I can't wait. I think like we've been talking about it for so long. I just want to get here. Just just let's get let's get it started. And they start, you know, they got the they got the ads now. You put on the golf channel, and they got all the the ads, and you get all jacked up. And they're probably going to do the replays at night and some old ones. And I can't wait. But we'll talk more about some of that stuff in, in history next week. But also, we did have the Euro team finalized this week. At the um, they did it actually right after, I think Sunday's round, which is pretty quick to do it. Um, so your squad, if I can do this right on their two lists here. So you got Rom, Fleetwood, Hatton, and Bern Wiesberger get in on the European point list. You then have McElroy, Hovland, Casey, Fitzpatrick, Lee Westwood get in on the world points list. And I think Wiesberger played himself onto the squad if I, my facts are correct, this weekend at the BMW. I think that's right. Knocking off Shane Lowry, who then got a captain's pick. And then, of course, Padraig Harrington, the captain, goes with Sergio Garcia and Ian Poulter just to fuck with us. <laughs> Where were those two guys in the ranking? I should know that, and that's terrible. But how far down were they? Um. So... On the European point list, Sergio was 19th, and they only took four off that list. Um, Poulter was 23rd. If I go on the world points list, uh, Lowry was 9, Sergio was 10, Poulter was 14. So not, not right there, but not too far off. And again, I have no idea what classifies points for what list on those two and why they even have two, I guess one's for European events. One's just for the rest of them. Since they don't. Yeah. It's really 23. Yeah. Um, he's higher up on the world point list. I think partly because he plays so much in the United States. Now he's 14th on the, uh, the world points list. I mean, I don't know why you would not pick Sergio Garcia. Like that no Sergio and Lowry. I get because they both have been playing pretty well this <laughs> year. Uh, has Poulter really done much? I never seen him. It's he's kind of like Patrick Reeves, like you know. I mean, in, in a sense, I mean, not maybe not quite as accomplished, you know, recently. But I mean, why he this guy between him and Sergio, they just 
love this event. Like they, they, they play their absolute best golf for this event. And, you know, if Ian Poulter finishes 20th in every event, but when he plays in the Ryder cup, he's the best player. It's like, I mean, you got to put him out there. No, I get it. And I'm looking at these guys, like who else do you pick? Victor Perez, Robert McIntyre. Like these guys you've never heard of. Justin Rose. Justin Rose is Justin Rose is probably the biggest name right there. Next to that would probably be Alex Noren. Um, Outside of that, that's about it. Guido, my man Guido, my pilot. I like I like Guido, but I, how do you actually pick him over Poulter? No, you don't. But he actually is pretty high on both his lists. That's why I'm just saying that. Yeah. No, he is, and I'm not. Oh, he must have had a better year on the European tour than we really but, know. Yeah, I mean, Justin Rose is probably the biggest the biggest snub on that that list. But he and really hasn't been playing well. So he just hasn't been playing well. But he's the biggest name. Yes, for sure. But he just has hasn't been playing well he hasn't you know we talked about it at the i know this was a couple months ago at the the u.s was it the u.s open that we were i was i was kind of all bent out of shape and i like justin rose i mean he was he just got awarded the Payne Stewart award which is i mean the highest sportsmanship award that you can get on the pga tour i mean so he's he's obviously a great guy and he's doing a lot for charity doing a lot for his fellow uh peers on the pga tour so i mean that's that's voted on by the players on the PGA tour and uh, amongst other people, um, and but the past, past champions, the past Stewart, champions, Stewart you know, family, so, as I say, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I'm, he's obviously a good dude and I, that's why I've always liked him, but I was just so disappointed at how he held himself and carried himself at the U S open. It was almost like he was like ready to get out of there. And it's like, man, it's like, come on, you know, but I think the little stuff like that, I hate to say it, but as a, as a captain for the Ryder cup, you know, Patty is probably looking and like, Hey man, I saw you kind of just rush out of that U S open when things were tough and you know, you weren't playing well. You, you were just like, yeah, I'm out. Kind of dogged it. Yeah. yeah kind of dog. You're like, yeah, I'm out. No, I don't, I don't need guys like that. I don't need guys like that on our team. I want somebody who's like going to give me every single squeeze, every ounce that they have to try to win a point. I don't care if you play, I don't care if you lose four points prior to, but you're playing your singles match on Sunday you're going to give me everything you got because you want to at least win one point. Um, and you know, when you get to a point and I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, Justin Rose is at a point where he's really comfortable and he's making enough money. And it's like, you know what? I don't have to, I don't have to grind like I did. And, and you know, that's fair. Rightfully. So I'm, I've never been in that position. So he's, <laughs> you know, he's, too, know. he's too busy making shitty MasterCard commercials. He does make a lot of mess. And they're awful. But, you look at the real the guys who you look at uh, in all these major sports as the elite. They could give two shits about how much money they make. I mean, they do want to make money, but that's not the driving force. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Look at Michael Jordan. Uh, I mean, look at Tiger Woods. I mean, these guys. I mean, they want to make money, but that's not that's not what gets gets them going. You know, it's about winning and being the best. And, continually being the best, you know, and I'm, um, you know, Tom Brady and uh, who is he doing this show with? Is it with Larry Fitzgerald? They're doing like a podcast together. I think. Oh, are they? I should know this. Yeah. Check it out. But I heard a, a clip and it was just an excerpt from Tom Brady saying like, when you feel like you've made it and you feel like, you know, you can, and I'm, I'm again, I'm paraphrasing here. This is the, not the exact quote, but when you feel like you've made it and you, and you've, 
you've got it all figured out and you you've you've accomplished you know something in a, a sport like you know NFL at the highest level and you feel like you can just kind of rest on your laurels he's like that's when you know you need to push harder because you haven't done anything he's like you you and and that's Any, what i anything. that's what i love about tom brady is like i mean Everyone already always argues, you know, oh, he's not a great athlete. I'm like, get the hell out of here, dude. I was like, he's an incredible athlete. Not does, does he run a four or five forty? No, he can throw a football on a, you know, he can hit a dime from 20, 20 yards away. Uh, um, and he's one of the best, you know, most intense competitors. I mean, he's an incredible athlete. He's six five, and he's two hundred and thirty pounds, and and he's playing at forty four years old in the NFL. Uh, he's an incredible athlete and I'm, I'm just giving the backstory, but the thing that I love about him is that he's always trying to get better. Like it doesn't matter how many tournaments or not tournaments, how many Super Bowls he's won. He's constantly trying to win the next, like, cause that's all that matters. Like if you, you ask- rest on your laurels, then, then you, you fall behind, but he's always trying to get better. And that's why he's still here. I mean, 20 plus years in the NFL, he's still here. I mean, he's older than all of us and we're all, we, we're, we're, we're all we're washed not, up has-beens. We're all washed up has-beens, and he's still playing in the NFL and still dominating. It's it's I, it's in, absolutely incredible. I just if you, ask, if you ask Tom Brady what his favorite ring is, he's gonna say the next one. The next one, number eight. Number eight. Number eight. He's gonna have so many rings soon. He's gonna have to find an eleventh finger. I'm not sure where he'll put that you one. You think he's gonna get to ten? I don't know if he's gonna get. To no, 10. he's not. I was trying to make. I do. I'm trying to make a crude joke. I would not. It would not surprise me if he if he does get one more before he's done. I, I know he's gonna play this year, and I'm I'm pretty confident that he's gonna play one more. So he's got two more years. If you get to eleven, do you feel obligated to put the eleventh one on your dick? <laughs> That's what I was going with that comment earlier. I didn't want to just directly come out there and say it, but you took you did it for me, so. I just feel like, you know, where 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 else can you really show something off this? Could be almost unexpected. You can't go on the toe because sometimes you're gonna wear some clothes closed toed shoes, but sometimes you want to really whip it out and throw it on the table and it has a it has a Super Bowl ring on it. I mean, that holds weight. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> what do you know about not I'm sorry? Um <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna, maybe we'll talk a little NFL here in in a minute, but I do want to bring up uh, some awards that were given out: Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year. So Patrick Cantlay wins Player of the Year, voted on by the players. We had that debate: was it Cantlay or Rom last week? They don't. I don't think they broadcast the actual vote as far as you know, who gets first place votes and second place and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But Cantley wins player of the year award. Again, we, we know his resume four wins FedEx cup champ. Still think it's John Rom. The more I think about it, but you know, two of two of Cantley's wins are really Rom's win. Cantley but won, they, but they weren't because he didn't win. Cantley won two limited field events. He didn't win a major Rom beat him in every major they played in. But Patrick Cantlay wins Player of the Year. The more fascinating earned him by like a hundred thousand dollars, or maybe even less than that. The more fascinating one was Rookie of the Year, goes to a non-member, Will Zelatoris. Again, we we brought it up a couple times on this podcast. <clears throat> how ridiculous it is that he wasn't given 
a special membership, couldn't play in the FedEx Cup, didn't have any FedEx Cup points. The players voted him Rookie of the Year, and he's not even a member. So, PGA Tour, suck on that. Change your rules. Yeah, yeah. And, hey, and we've talked about this. I'm, I'm going to we, – we've talked about the – with with John Rahm getting, you know, forcing himself to withdraw from the event because that was the tour policy. And we all agreed that that was the tour policy, so there's nothing really else to say. But we did agree, or at least I said, <laughs> that – you know, just because that's a tour policy doesn't mean that that's right. And they need to correct it. They need to figure it out. They need to figure out a better way. And this is a perfect example of this. If you've got a guy who has played on the tour all year, has been very dominant and has earned his right. I mean, what did he finish on the, if he, if he, I don't, if he were to, if he were to have to have accumulated points through the year, where would he have finished going into the, into the, into the playoffs? I mean, there's no question that he would have probably made it to the second leg of the, the playoffs. And then he I would need, have I need, a, I need advance notice for this. Yeah, I'm up. sorry. That's I, I, I put you on the spot there, but <laughs> and I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep deferring it for a little bit, but you know, my point is like, you need to have a better system than this. I understand that they didn't earn their card, but you know, through the normal protocols that you have, but he did earn his card uh, throughout the year. I mean, he did accumulate more than enough points to get on to get uh to get a spot in those those FedEx cups. Okay, so I found it. I love the internet. So this was <laughs> this was a week the week prior to the Wyndham. So he was in the field at Wyndham. He was at that time he was 29th in the world rankings. And he had 1270 he would have had 1270 FedEx Cup points which would have put him 26 on the list. I mean, and he, he would have got. I'm sure he would have gotten a few more because of the Wyndham. So we'll call him. We'll just call him 25th. He would have won in the top 25 going into the playoffs. In going the into the Cup. playoffs. I mean, that's. I wouldn't say that's a lock to get into the the tour championship, but it's if he just plays a good spot to start. It's a pretty damn good start to, spot to start. And he, hey, wh- in my opinion, he earned his right. He earned he his. Yeah. He earned himself a card. He you did. know, if, if a guy, I mean, that's what's fun about the the PGA Tour is like they've taken that away a little bit with, you know, eliminating Q school uh, in the sense that you can't go to Q school and get your get your PGA Tour card. You have to go to the, the Corn Ferry Tour now. But like you take a guy like that who's who's played his way through PGA Tour sanctioned events events and earned his way like give this guy a spot like and he major, deserves and majors it. and like big time things big time events like he deserves a spot like shit on the rules they're wrong you need you to know he's getting into all the world golf championship stuff because of his world rankings you know so it's like why can't he get into the fucking fedex cup because yeah i don't get you know they they need to change it they, well, there's no <laughs> doubt that it's flawed and, and i'm sure I, I'm, I'm certain that we're going to hear in the off season that that something has been changed for that it, it should because i think that there's Certainly, there's certainly flaws in that. When you take a guy like that who's played his tail off all year, he deserves a spot in the FedEx Cup. I mean, that's a big, that's a big payoff on uh, in the Tour Championship. Big payoff. If say he gets in, say he gets in the, into the playoffs, and and say he finishes ten, top ten, top twenty, and earns his way into the PJ Tour, PJ uh, the PJ Tour Championship, and now he say he gets hot and wins. I mean, that's fifteen million dollars. $15 million that a guy who's earned his way. I mean, it definitely should be changed. I mean, there I know a there's limit? a protocol to get in, but that he's earned it. Is there a limit to sponsors exemptions? 
that guys seven. can receive in the course. Yeah. Of, it's it is seven, seven until seven. you get to a certain so, point, and then so, you receive a special exemption, something or other. Well, yeah. that's where I feel like because of your you, world ranking. If you play in seven events, and throughout those seven events, you're in the top one twenty-five on the money list or FedEx points or would have potential FedEx cut points, um, you should automatically be, be granted special membership. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you, so you have seven sponsors exemptions. And again, I don't know the threshold to get away from those to continue taking them. But if you get to that threshold where the seven doesn't apply to you anymore, then you should get your membership. Yeah. If you've I would earned almost, it to that, up until that point, if you've earned it, you you need to be given a spot. It's well, I, I would almost argue that any non-member that enters the top 50 in the world golf ranking is given the ability to tee it up at any point while they remain in the world golf ranking. Uh, should be automatic. While they remain top 50 in the world golf ranking. And during that time, if you're able to convert that over the course of however many events into enough points or money, whichever, um, whichever unit of measurement you choose to yeah. you know, utilize, yeah. um, you should be given special membership. I mean, I think it just makes sense. The PGA tour should want the best players playing at every event. And anytime you're able to get an additional great player, which Will Zalatoris has proven he is capable of being, we should want players like that in the event. I don't care if they qualify for everything over in Europe. As soon as they enter that top 50, they should be able to come over and have full status while they maintain top 50 status. And if while they maintain that top 50 status, they're able to convert that into enough points or dollars to gain status, they should be able to. I agree hundred percent. I think, I think it, 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 it goes, it, it basically just solidifies everything that uh, professional golf stands for. You earn your way, everything. There's nothing given. There's no, well, you look good in preseason. You look good in, uh, you know, in your combine, you look good in your pro day. We're going to give you a contract. It's all about how you perform. If you perform, you should give be given a spot. Regardless, like if you're playing at that type of, if you're playing at that level, you should be given a spot. And I think it's especially more so in golf because it's, it's so contingent on how you're playing in a certain given, in, a, in, a, in any given time. So if a guy's playing great for the last two months, let him play. Don't wait to try to give him a spot seven months later. You know, that, that's not, he's not playing well then. He's playing well now. Let's let him play. People want to watch him play. Like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I kind of stopped watching Will the last two months because, you know, he won, he got hurt a little bit and then he wasn't, he wasn't going to play in the playoffs. So we didn't see him. And now it's like, you kind of forget about how talented this guy was. Like he's, he's the rookie of the year. We should have been watching him in the playoffs. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I don't, I don't understand, you know, we're going to, we'll open a whole nother can of worms, which I don't know if we want to go down. I, I just don't understand why tournament directors don't want the best players playing in their event. Um, and I, and we see, well, this so in, I think, I think they do. I think that's why he got into so many in, in these sponsors entrance. And then I think at that point in the, in the FedEx cup, the sponsors don't have a say there's no more sponsors exemptions in the, in the playoffs. So that's a, that's their, their hands are tied there from the PGA he, tour rules. Yeah, no, no, no. And I, and I shouldn't have said sponsors. I don't know why these tournaments, I should say tournaments, PGA tour, whoever's running the tournament. Why do you not want the best players in the field? Oh yes, I agree with you. There. Yeah, um, and and I 
you know, I'm just going to throw that out there because I love uh, I, I, I'm from Virginia and I love the Virginia State Open and I will always play it any any way that I can play in it. And if I can qualify, I've got, a, you know, my my years of winning that tournament are probably behind me. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But they've got some we've got two great organizations, the MAPGA and the Virginia State Golf Association. And and I've been a, a part of both of them. Um, a little bit more on the Virginia State Golf Association, the amateur side, and the MAPGA. I was only a member for a year, but both great organizations. Mike, you're heavily involved with the MAPGA. Great, great people, and they they do a great job. And I wish that they, we could come together and try to get the best field. I feel like we do a good job of getting the best amateurs, and we get a, the, a good job of getting the best MAPGA professionals in the state of Virginia, but we we leave out some of these young pros that um, are not in either one of those categories and they make it very difficult for them to play in it. And I really feel like they, we need to do a better job of making this a big event and making the, it the best it's called the open for a reason. The Virginia, it's not, a, it's not a, a true open. It's not a true open yet. And I, hopefully that it will be, um, but they, they don't put the best players out there. They, they leave a lot of these guys out, these young college kids that are turning pro they only give them three or four spots in the, in the, in the one day qualifier to get in. And yet these kids are coming out of college shooting great numbers and they can't get into the tournament yet. They'll, they'll give a lot more spots to, you know, some other avenues and and that's fine. And those guys deserve it. But I think we should. Are you talking to- about me, Jay? You're trying nope. to get me out of the nope. field. You're nope. trying to get me out of the field. Aren't you? <laughs> I would never do that. And that could be me. Cause I'm in that, I'm in that category. I'm in, I'm in neither one of those categories. So if, if I don't, if I don't qualify, through how I play in the tournament. I mean, my, my exemption from, from winning the tournament years back or or up, then I'll have to go back and do that, that qualifier. But in my opinion, you want to see the best players. And I I don't feel like we're quite there yet. I'm hoping that's the way it goes. And because I, I, again, I, I love this tournament. This is, it was the Virginia state open. Um, It used to be the signet open was one of the biggest state opens in, in the country for a long time in the, in the eighties and early nineties. And I wanted to get back to that point. And I think one of the reasons is because we, we were not bringing in, in the best players from the state um, year. And then they don't make it easy for them. I shouldn't say easy. It shouldn't be easy, but we're not making it available to some of these guys. I want it to be the best, the best tournament and the toughest, the toughest competition. And we're not quite there yet, but again, back to our main point, like, the FedEx Cup playoffs. We want to have the best players play, and if Will Zalatoris is, you know, in the top thirty and a potential FedEx Cup points, why is he not playing? I want to watch him. I want to watch this guy. He's a hell of a ball striker. Arguably one of the best ball strikers on tour. I want to watch this guy play. He looks like the caddy from from uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. I want to see this guy. You know, he's a character. You know, but anyway, I love it. That was like. That was like a Powhatan red, red Powhatan redneck minute there. Yeah, that was not a asshole minute. That was yeah, like we a redneck trying minute. To, I'm trying to figure, trying to <laughs> Powhatan power minute. Yeah, I'm trying to workshop a name here live. Um, <laughs> but I know I agree 100 percent on all those all those takes. So and, and and it could it could it could it could knock me out of playing in this tournament. When that's fine. If I'm not one of the best players of playing it, then that's fine. Uh, I just want to see the tournament do well because it's. It's got such a great history and some great players have come through the state of Virginia, you know, Curtis Strange, Lanny Watkins, Bobby Watkins, uh, Chandler Harper, Sam Snead. I mean, you could, you know, we've got a, a half a dozen Vinnie to a Giles, dozen. Tom Benny Giles. I mean, 
you know, in terms of professionals, yeah, Vinny Giles obviously was an amateur, but played in all of these professional events and was an incredible player. So anyway, but I, I wanted to see it to bring it to its its true potential and being one of the best uh, state opens in the in the country. So hopefully that will that will happen. I second that. And Jay, if if you can do anything, I just want to increase you know, the buffets a little bit because I don't make, I don't make the cut and make any money. So if the buffets could just be put a little more money into that, that'd yeah. be fantastic for me. And you'd be good. For, I'm just there for the free lunch. So yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's usually a good lunch. They had a good, they had a good <laughs> setup there at the independence this year. No, they did. They did. So here for the buffet. maybe we can move yeah. it out of the, uh, the dead ass heat of summer. How about that? Let's, let's you know, hottest week of the year, every year. Let's, let's start there. It was so hot. What should we should we move it to May? Uh, that's no, then too I, early for Bermuda. Yeah. Then, well, then I can't play because I am too busy at work. But that's in September. In September is no good because you're busy at work. Busy at work. <laughs> so July it is. It's really just about me. So <laughs> um, nobody wants to hear this. So all right, real real, real fast. I did want I didn't want to talk about this. It's non golf related. Before we get to our picks and preview of this coming week. Anybody watch any NFL football? Got any hot takes from the NFL football weekend? So much. So much football. McLean, any hot takes from Carolina Panthers taking down the Jets? Yeah, I got a hot take for you. The Florida local market football sucks. (laughs) So at the one o'clock game, I couldn't watch the Panthers. And then I'm trying to figure out a way to stream the Sunday ticket. I was ready to buy Sunday ticket without direct TV. However, I'm not eligible to, to do not. it because I have the ability to have direct TV at my house. So long story short, my biggest gripe is that they showed, Oh God, I can't remember which game it was. It was some Yankee game. Uh, it was the Steelers game. Some they what? Should... No, the Yankees play baseball, pal. No, uh, Northerners, you fuck. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yankees are a baseball team. Look, I, I my only the only way that I could figure it out is that because there are so many people that have displaced themselves here from well up there in that wonderful Northeast that you people come from, um, they show games from cold climates that no one cares about. So a lot of people care about that. Regardless of which, I was not able. Who cares to about the Jets Arnold and the Carolina Panthers? The Carolina barf. <laughs> <laughs> It was a good game. Uh, Panthers pulled it out last no, night. No, wait, 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 wait. I saw a pause with that. It was a close game, not a good game. Close well, and good don't always mean great, the same thing. Great. I couldn't fucking watch it. So I have no idea how <laughs> good it was. It looked close. So I assumed it was good. At the end of the day, I don't know. It was a punt fest. Punt fest. What about what about you, Jay? Any, any hot takes? Um, how'd your fancy team do? <sighs> The one that you have, yeah, you started. You're the commissioner of a league. How'd that do? Uh, you know, I actually had a good had a good week. My team played well. I just ran into a buzzsaw against uh, a fellow a fellow podcaster here who just had the, oh, who I was think that? the I think the greatest week of all time. I mean, DeAndre Swift played the his greatest game that he will ever play. How many points did he score? Thirty. I don't points know. I stopped counting. It was a lot. <laughs> I mean, every time I looked up, your guys were scoring a touchdown. Like, You've got to be kidding me. Every single one of them. And I was like, get out of here. This is a joke. <laughs> I hope you're happy. I hope you feel good about this week. You know what? Uh, <laughs> if I win one game in the league this year, 
I was just happy it was you. And I just beat the, <laughs> beat the bag out of you. Uh, well, you know, it's fine. I'm glad I'm a confident, I'm a confidence booster. I started this league to try to get people into it. And, oh, what a sweetheart. Um, Bless your heart. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're one weekend, one weekend. So, and I've altered the rules a little bit. So I think it's going to be my favorite in the end. I've, <laughs> I've hidden some things in here as the commish. So, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be some weird points that are going to be given yeah. for real for stat, certain players. Stat corrections. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stack corrections, you know, anything that we can do to, to make it work in my favor, then that's, that's what I'll do, but whatever. Yeah. You, you had a, I mean, you scored 158 points. And a pretty standard, you know, there's a standard PPR league, which there's not a whole lot. We didn't put any frills in here. It's really benign. But he had Kyler Murray, who obviously had an incredible week. Dalvin Cook. DeAndre Swift was a was a, a beneficiary of a team that's terrible. Um, come from behind. He, he, wait, I think he had 11 targets as a running back. 11 targets. What it sounds like is I'm a hell of a drafter. And I got a hell of a squad. I mean, and, a hell of a drafter for week one. You do have DeAndre Hopkins and, uh, and DK Metcalf. So that those guys are, are going to have a great week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I t- I'm not going to lie. You do have the New York Giants kicker, which I think you need to drop and pick somebody else up. So I'm just helping you out as a, as okay, a fellow. I, thanks. Coming from the guy that I just <laughs> kick your ass. So <laughs> my, my one NFL take, because nobody wants to hear about our fantasy football. My one NFL take, and I've already told you, Jay, I'm going to go another mass hole minute about Aaron fucking Rodgers. You suck, dude. And this is why I don't like you. And I say you're overrated and you're an underachiever. You got your ass handed to you by Jameis fucking Winston. They didn't even play their <laughs> game at home. They were playing it in Jacksonville. Yeah. This is why you're a douchebag, right? And this is why you can't sniff Tom Brady's jockstrap. You should never be in the same sentence as Tom Brady, because if you were a true competitor and you were a winner and you were a leader, that never would have fucking happened. The Green Bay Packers need to get rid of you right now, and they should, underst- <laughs> they should understand if you don't even talk to your family, how the fuck are you going to be a good teammate? I mean, end of, end of story. I, you know, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think he is certainly one of the most talented guys out there. No question. And I don't think anyone would disagree with us saying that. Um, but there's a lot more that goes into being a great football player than talent. I mean, if, if that's all that we went on, then, you know, geez, everyone would, everyone yeah. it, like Jamarcus Russell would be the greatest quarterback of all time, <laughs> you know, or, or, or Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf. Know? They'd be doing it. So, up. I mean, again, and he is a, he's a super talented guy. But again, I, I agree. I, I don't, I like Aaron Rodgers. I do think he's a strange bird, um, and I don't like the way that it went down, this whole offseason thing. I, you know, you just never know what the heck's going on, you know. But with, with like, the front office and the coaches and the other players, and so you never know really what's going on. But I will say that in the end, in the end of the day, um, the true competitors and the true winners, they put all that shit to the side, and they – they just figure out how to win. Like when I'm on the field, I'm performing and I'm going to win. You know, look at Michael Jordan. Look at all the stuff that he dealt with, with the Kraus, Jerry Krause and uh, Jerry Reinstor. Like he was like, you know what? Screw you guys. I hate you guys, but I'm the one playing and I'm going 
going to win. And Tom Brady, I'm sure he's had his issues with, well, I'll, with I'll the Patriots uh, front office. I mean, he's like, you know what? I don't care. You, whatever. We'll figure it out later. I'm going to go win. And that's just going to give me more firepower in the end of the day. And it just happened a few years ago with Brady. Yeah. He, he has hated Bill Belichick for years. He has hated his existence. And Rob Gronkowski hated playing for Bill Belichick. The guy's a prick. The guy's an asshole. He's tough to play for. They did not like playing for him. They barely were speaking to each other. In 2018, they had no talent. They hated each other, and they still went on to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> if that was Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, the team would have gone 4-12. and 12. Yeah. He would have shut it down and made all these dumbass comments in the media and blamed everyone else and been a prima donna self. And Hey, let me just throw some back, back foot Hail Marys, and wow, look at me. I made sports under top 10. Good for you, pal. Good for you. Go yeah. host Jeopardy, you douchebag. Yeah. I mean, and I, I've said that. I, I wouldn't say quite that. I think he is uh, I think he is one of the most talented throwers of the football, and he kind of just relies on that too much. Like, if he had the same work ethic, work ethic and drive that Tom Brady did and the way that he throws it, um, he would be right up there with Tom Brady because he is a he's a skillful dude and and he's he's probably more mobile than Tom, but you know yeah, maybe he, to his yeah, judgment, he absolutely is. Um, but I I don't think that he has that the same kind of work ethic and drive that that Tom Brady does. I mean, Tom will do whatever it takes, you know. And and and, and I'm sure and like, I'm sure in some point in the next ten years when Tom retires and he's out of the league, maybe you're gonna, ten years. Yeah, maybe not. He may still be playing, but I feel I feel like we're going to hear some of these stories, like we're hearing about Michael Jordan, how you know, oh, he was such a tyrant, blah 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 blah. It's bullshit, dude. You want to win, then just jump on board. You know, figure yeah. it out. You know, and okay. I think that's why him and Belichick got along so well because they're both tyrants at their position. They're you know, yeah, at, at their respective role, and I think. At some point, you're going to butt heads when you're with the yeah. person for that long and your egos are both so big. But going back to Aaron Rodgers, the thing just pisses me off about an Aaron Rodgers. You do. You have all the talent in the world. Yeah. There are people that would die to have your talent and you're just wasting it away. And it's not just playing playing other positions in sports or in especially football. You can just get away with your talent. Yeah. But playing quarterback in the NFL is so much more than just talent. It's oh, being yeah. a leader. Controlling, commanding the team, reading a defense, seeing all this kind of stuff, being a good communicator. And I don't know, just anytime someone brings up Aaron Rodgers over the last 10 years, I just get pissed off. <laughs> I love it. Man. I have I no it. no rooting interest whatsoever in the Green Bay Packers. I could care less about the Green Bay Packers. I feel like we need um, we need like a little uh, catchphrase here for the Mass Old Minute. We need like, like cha-ching, ching. Here's the Mass Old Minute from Mike Maroney. <laughs> a little chime. A little chime. A little, yeah, so everybody's like ready to like get pumped up for it. God. Um, Any, anyways, I just, I just had to get that off my chest. It is good to have the NFL back. And, um, yeah, I'm going to keep kicking Jay's ass in fantasy football. That'll be, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. So let's, um, let's get into our picks. New season, boys. How about that? How was your wait? Good. One whole good? week. So we have anybody know how to pronounce this championship? It used to be the Segway. It's now the 40 net. I'm going to go with 40 net. Yeah, it's 40 net. I actually used their software. Okay. 40 yeah, net. When you, when you asked how my week was, it, it was great. I decided to lose money on football instead of golf. There you <laughs> go. Same, <laughs> same outcome. 
you know, different circumstances. So we got a uh, return to the, I just had it. I just lost it. Um, what's the name of this golf course? Come on. The uh, Silverado, Silverado resort and spa. So they've been there the last few years up in Napa, California, just a new sponsor. 40 net. There are a couple of good names. I'm surprised John Rahm is playing the week before the Ryder cup. Yeah, that's, that was weird. John Rahm's in the field. I don't know why, but you got guys like Webb, uh, Will Zaltoris, reigning rookie of the year, can actually amass some FedEx Cup points. And uh, Kevin, nah, some good names playing. A lot of Corn Ferry guys that have gotten the promotion. Our boy Callum's not playing, though. He's he at is. home. He is? He's in the field. Oh, he is? How did yeah. I miss that? Yeah, he's in there. I almost picked him. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, uh, he's not going to be on my. Sorry, Cal. I apologize. <laughs> he's not on my team, but he's in the field. Somehow I missed that. So, um, who wants to go first? This is a tough one to pick. Uh, McLean, this is a tough one. I mean, McLean does not want to go first. All right. I'll go first. You guys are both looking down at your phone. I, I've got my lineup pick, but I, I, didn't I don't love it. I'm I'm kind of still yeah, I, I don't love mine either. I was looking at all these guys like he he could shoot 80 on Thursday. <laughs> um he could shoot 80. So obviously again, not the biggest horses in the world. I was not picking John Rahm. I'll I'll say that he was just too expensive. And so we'll go. We're gonna go from the bottom up dollars wise. I got a lot of kind of middle of the road guys, I guess. But I hope I can pronounce this name. $7,300. Kira Deck Epi Bonrot is my first oh, pick. Epi Bonrot. He uh, and then playing all right on the PJ Tour. Then he went to Corn, Ter- Corn Ferry Tour Finals. Played well. 20th, 34th, 27th. He then went over this past weekend to Wentworth in the BMW PGA Championship and finished second. So I like him. He's playing well. He's happy he's got his card back. Just had a great event over in Europe. So we'll go with him at $7,300. I'm then going to go up to Patton Kazire. He's had Titleist strengthen his hats in case he tries to rip them again. <laughs> BK! I love it. I um, love it. Press. You know, he's been a little all over the place over the last couple months. You know, a few top 25s, a couple missed cuts. So. Again, not sure exactly what you're going to get from PK, but I would love another outburst at, at, if, if nothing else. <laughs> I'm then going, what's his total here? Uh, $7,600. Big, sexy Harry Higgs. Ah, well, that makes two of us. He's uh, been playing all right. Played well at Wyndham, top 20 at Northern Trust. Came in second here last year to Stuart Sink. So kind of a horse for a course. He had another top 25 finish at this course. Plays well there. I love big, sexy Harry Higgs. What a smile. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> what a smile. Then I'm going to go with um, 2019 champ, Cameron champ, to be exact, at $9,000. Again, a little bit of an up and down year, but horse for a course. You know, he's been all over the place, missed cuts. Then he won at 3M. So back to a familiar place that he's won at. I like Cameron Champ at 9,000. And then I'm going to my last. Oh, no, sorry. I I skipped someone. 
I apologize. Before Cameron Champ, there was an $8,200 Steven Jaeger coming off. Jaeger. His uh, number one finish on the Corn Ferry Tour, just playing unbelievable out there on the Corn Ferry Tour. Going to be excited to get his tour card back and play well. So $8,200, Steven Jaeger, a graduate from the Corn Ferry Tour. And then last but not least, he's not a cat. He's a dog. Kevin Na, $10,000. Yeah, I mean, you got to pick him. He's playing well. I mean, playing really well. He's going to be... I think he's sneaky, still going to try to prove something to Stricker this weekend and be like, hey, when Kepka gives you the, sorry, my wrist is sore, I got to go stay in Florida with my hot fiance, Kevin Nas is <laughs> going to be like, put me in, coach. I'm in. Put me with whoever the fuck you want. I'm going to walk I'm, in I'm, putts. I'm going to do it. On Sergio Garcia at the Ryder Cup. I'm going to get the crowd going bonkers. And Kevin Na is going to go out and play his ass off this weekend. So. That's my squad. And after I talked about it, I actually really like it now. I just talked myself into it. <laughs> I do like it now. So, who's ready? McLean? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, you seem, yeah. You seem psyched over there. Yeah, I did. I am. Hold on. I'm pulling them up. It's coming wait, in hot. Wait, pull up the power rankings. <laughs> are, we go, are we going back to the power rankings? I actually was thinking about it, but I couldn't get it pulled up in time. <laughs> I was in crunch time, so I just kind of put mine together. Uh, but I'm ready to roll. So top pick, we've already talked about him tonight, Mr. Will Zalatoris. The guy's had a little bit of a break. I think he's going to be excited to get back to competition. He feels excluded from the FedEx Cup, and now that he's a member of the PGA Tour, he's ready to go ahead and make an impact. Um, Brendan Todd, uh, a guy who made 17 of 26 cuts last year. I'm going to read this right off DraftKings. So. <laughs> Get that, out of Get that out there. So last played well at the Wyndham. Um, the guy who I, I just, I like him for the money. $8,400. Uh, Pat Perez, 7,900. Um, I, I, I like the guy. I don't have a lot of good reasons why I made some of these. He picks. actually has played decent at this golf course. Oh, that's good. That's good. Let me be very clear. I made all of these picks because. I had like a few seconds to make them. I do have one very educated pick that I did make though. And I got Mito Pereira on my team. Wow. I was lighting up the corn Ferry tour, finished fourth at the Olympics um, from Chile. Finally got his tour card. I think he's going to um, make that transition very easy. Uh, I think it's going to be easier than a lot of the other guys do. I think he'll have a lot of success out on the PGA Tour, and I'm hoping this week is a Kickstarter there. I think he got the uh, the what they call the Battlefield promotion this year. Yeah, he, he did. He did get the Battlefield yeah. promotion. That's exactly correct. He started playing. His first event on the PGA Tour was the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Um, he finished 98th there, 34th at the John Deere, and then – goes fifth at Barbasol, sixth at 3M, and fourth at the um fourth at the Olympics. So solid. Very solid. Pretty, some pretty solid golf in some big time competitions. Uh you could argue that the 3M and the Barbasol aren't the biggest field events, but when you got into the Olympics, there's a lot of good players there and to finish fourth, I think something to be proud of. Just off the podium, unfortunately, but still something to be proud of. Um Patton Kazire, um 
I, I like him a lot this week. Part of it was because I saw him. I'm like, I'd be a good value pick. Then Mike picked him and I was like, yeah, I like that too. I think I'm going to go ahead and knock him out. So again, this was a timing deal for me. And it was because I was short time, not because there was any good timing to it. From there, I did go with ball strikers paradise, Mr. Chucky three sticks. Um, I think he'll ball strike his way into a weekend and finish probably 25th to uh, 34th. So again, just looking for a made. I love, I love that. That's very accurate. 25th to 34th. That's exactly right. He's gonna he's gonna pocket about a hundred grand for the week coming out. I'm looking for a T twenty seven. Maybe sixty five thousand. He'll pocket about sixty five thousand. Come out, make the cut. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. Uh oh. Oh no. We just lost. Good to see you. He did. He just. He was gone. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Was that? Did he just get kicked out or did he leave us? What was that? He's gone. McLean Boyd has left He's the out. chat. He's out. He's out. Was that his whole squad? I don't even know if he gave us six, six guys. Did he? Did he give us six? Pa- well, if he comes back, he can fill us in on, on the others. <laughs> okay. um, so that was really know. weird. All right, Jay. I got thrown for a loop there. Yeah. Just took us out of out of our element here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start. I got a lot of kind of mid mid range guys here. I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up. I've got Doc Redman, um, who finished second here last year, if I'm not mistaken, second or third. He's played well there. Oh, yeah, hey. third. Hey, McLean. hey, he's back. This fatal error. I don't know what what happened. happened? I, I, I everything went down. I have no idea. I think I. I think it was me. I'm fairly certain I touched something that then hit something on the keyboard. I'm uncertain which key it was, but when I tell you it shut this thing down, I mean, it was, uh, I could make some analogies, but you know, it wouldn't wouldn't paint me in a very good light. Well, it was funny with the way you were talking about Charles Howell. It was like, yeah, he's going to make the cut and say something like, all right, boys, thanks. See you later. And then boom, that's when it cut. I'm like, (laughs) Wait, was that him as Charles Howell or him actually just saying that to us and he's leaving this show? <laughs> Mic drop. He, man, the guy got his picks in and he's he out. so excited about the was that. Was that was your last pick? Was was Charlie Three Sticks your last pick? Or did you have somebody? Sticks. Chucky Three Sticks was my last pick. Oh, nice. So, so that okay. was your whole squad. It was your whole squad. So we whole got it squad. in. Okay, Charles Howell the third, Pat Kazire, Mito Pereira, Pat Perez, Brendan Todd, and Will Zalatoris. Will okay. Zalatoris is the Fourth highest ranked, I believe, based on money on DraftKings this week. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There are some All big right. names in this field, though. We're gonna, I think we're gonna see some good golf. I'm glad to see uh I'm glad to see some big names back in the field. It's gonna be one of the yeah. few fall events, I think, that uh, has a pretty good field. All right. Well, I'm glad you're back. Thanks. I was a little I was worried there for a second. Wasn't sure what happened if a bomb hit your house or what the you know. Shut the fuck down. Fatal error could not recover. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jay, um, so who was your first pick again? Yeah, uh, Doc Redman. Doc he Redman, yes, finished, he has played yeah, well there. Finished third there last year. Um, how, how long have they played this this course? I think it's only been three years. Three years, I think it was. I knew it was something close to that, but anyway, Doc Redman, seventy two hundred bucks. He's played there. Uh, obviously, played well there last year. So uh, we'll see how he does. Then I jump up to Joseph Bramlett, kind of ah. quasi friend of the pod. He he's a friend of ours. Uh, he works with a good good buddy of ours, John Scott Rattan. It's his instructor, coach out of Congressional Country Club um, in uh, just outside of DC, and he just came off of winning the the web or I'm sorry, can't say web anymore. The Corn Ferry Tour Finals. He won the last event of the year. 
to bump himself back into the PGA tour and, and in a really good spot. Um, and he's playing great. So uh, is, he from like the, is he from the West coast? He is from the West coast. Yep. Went to Stanford and, and broke quite a few of not all of tiger's records. Cause that's impossible, but he did break a few records of tigers uh, at Stanford. And, um, and one of the youngest players to play in the U S amateur, I think as well. Um, which is pretty, pretty cool. I think maybe like it was a mid teenager, young teenager playing in the U S amateur, which is pretty incredible. Um, but super talented guy hits at a mile and, um, just an incredible ball striker. Um, and, and it sounds like this course, you really need to drive the ball well and, and be a great ball, uh, ball striker, which yeah, it's did. not long. It's only like 71, 7,200. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he's playing well. I, I feel like at 7,300, let's see if he can carry that momentum over, uh, at 7,400. I've got Mr. Brendan Steele, another, um, you know, fellow uh, competitor that we've played with in the past and he's won this event twice. Uh, now I think it was in a different course, but he is a West coast guy and he loves it out there. He loves that, that style golf course, those type of greens, uh, those I'm sure that's, it's a, there's a po greens out there. Um, and he, he plays well on them. Um, so kind of a sneaky pick hasn't been playing really great as of late, but again, he does play well on the West coast. So I'm going to give uh, Mr. Brendan Steele a shot. And as we bump up to the next man on the list, I know we've got open shirt Harry Higgs already on the list here. A couple of you guys have picked him. Um, yeah, I, you know, he's he's been playing pretty solid. I mean, you know, he hasn't won any events, hasn't finished in the top 10, but 38th, 16th, 15th, uh, his last three events. So maybe trending in the right direction. So. Uh, we'll give him a shot as well. I think he'll. And he, he well. had a great trip to Bandon Dunes and confirmed my hole in one. He did. He said it was you real. Know, so he said it whatever. was real. Whatever. Um, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll go with Kevin. Nah, he's just playing too well as of late. Um, and I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder as well for not. Kind of like picked. Horschel just had, right? Yeah. For not being picked for the Ryder Cup. I think he, he kind of wants to play well and. And if there is a small chance that um, that Brooks Kepka can't play and it's a last minute like alternate and he's playing well there, he wants to prove himself. Um, and I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to have a good week. I, it wouldn't surprise me if if he wins, honestly. Um, and then to round it out, uh, I've got Will Zalatoris uh, at ten thousand five hundred. Just super solid again. This is a ball striker's paradise. Um, and you can get away with not being a great putter. And we all know that he's had his struggles with putting, but if he can see a lot of guys that can win tournaments, ball striking everybody to death and be so you got, putters. You got two of the top dogs in the field. I do. I had Rom in there originally. Um, and I, and I pulled him out to try to kind of consolidate here and spread the wealth. Uh, cause I couldn't, it was basically Rom and, and, four or five other really mid to low tier guys. And I was like, I just need to get a little, little stronger um, lineup here. And I was able to squeeze um, uh, Kevin Nye in there along with um, Joseph Bramlett, which I think is he's playing well. And he loves it out there. He's a West coast guy. And I just feel like he's going to have a, another good start to the 2021, 22 season and get, you know, give him a top five and, and get off to a good start with FedEx cup points. He, he typically does that in these events. So the last, you know, three, three years that he's been out there. So 
How about there I'm we looking, go? I'm looking way down on this list here. How about Jonathan Bird still playing golf? He's still doing it. No He's glove still at all. At it. No glove. Love 44. Him. Is he 44? 43, 44 years old. Um, he's yeah, just he carving it out, man. I love I love Jonathan Bird. I love his yeah. game. I, I he's always been a polo guy, always looked classy out on the golf course. Yeah, old has. school Mizuno guy. I mean, there's just he's just old school, man. I just I've I've always kind of liked it. And I tell you what, from the way he takes the club back, sets it at the top through uh throughout his golf swing. I mean, he's got a gorgeous swing. I mean, yeah, he gets the club yeah. in a lot of really nice positions. Yeah. He so, struggles uh, injuries over his career, which probably hasn't helped him, but he's a talented dude. Really great, really great short game, too. And, and a, just a great dude. I will say yeah, that. I, everybody, I, everybody, I haven't heard anyone say that they don't like this guy. No one, no one says that. Everyone says he's a great guy. So, I mean, he's a Clemson Tiger. What do you expect? Yeah, I mean, what do you expect? I mean, all Clemson Tigers are great dudes, except for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, Nothing's confirmed yet. I thought, but... thought he was a great dude, but the FBI is looking at him. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and Urban Meyer is going to fuck up my boy, Trevor Lawrence. <sighs> Go back to the NFL real fast. I'm a, I'm a big believer in the, all these big quarterbacks that come out. It's not about so much. It is about their talent and how can they process and the information and how intelligent are they? But you got to come out in the right situation. Oh, hundred percent. The right situation is huge. Mac Jones came out into an amazing situation on an amazing franchise with an amazing coach. And he looks fantastic week one. And then you got Trevor Lawrence, who's got way more talent has fucking urban Meyer who doesn't know what the hell he's doing, coaching him. And I'm <laughs> worried about him. So, I mean, you're hundred percent right. I mean, you know, whether or not urban Meyer has a great year as a, as a coach this year or not, but I, it's yet to be seen, but he will be fired after next year. You think two, so? Two years and he's done, or he's, he's going to do his typical. I'm going to, well, my health, I'm going to go spend time with my family again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which he's done twice already. But you, I think you're right. You, you have to, you have to come into a situation. It seems like every quarterback that has really done really well has had that year or two under that tutelage under one, a great quarterback or two, a great coach. Uh, and three, just a great system. I mean, you look at Tom Brady was playing on the Patriots, Drew Bledsoe. They were, they were a great team prior to him getting there. Aaron Rodgers played under uh, Brett Favre. They were a great team, great coach, uh, great quarterback prior to him getting there, spent his years, you know, kind of falling, falling in behind Brett Favre. I mean, those are just two examples. I mean, you can go down the list. But even like a Peyton Manning, obviously Peyton's an all-time kind of talent, but he was also set up at a place that they put a lot around him. They gave him oh, yeah. Marvin Harrison, Edron James, and yeah. you know, Reggie Wayne, and he had a, you know Dallas Clark, and he had a ton of talent, so he was put up in a good situation where some of these guys come out and they have no talent and no offensive line and dumbass coaches. Patrick Mahomes, another example of that. He's okay. I mean... The guy's incredible coming into the situation. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, Alex Smith obviously was not necessarily the uh, household name in terms of being the best quarterback in the league. He put up but, great numbers that year. But he put up great numbers, very efficient, and played under Andy Reid. They, they had a great team. I mean, they were contenders every year that Andy Reid was there and Alex Smith was there. And, and Alex Smith is – I mean, what a great uh, – he's a great teacher uh, slash quarterback to, to – 
to model yourself after and to kind of come in uh, and then it didn't take long between before Andy Reed and the coaching staff, they were like, Holy cow, this guy's incredible. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex Smith. We love you. You're, you're a great guy and you're a talented guy in terms of he's a physical specimen. And I mean, Alex Smith, obviously before the, the leg injury, I mean, he was, he's six, five, you know, just an athletic fit guy. He just, you know, he just didn't have that, mm, you know, that yeah. extra, you know, and, you know, then that's not saying he's not a great quarterback, but I'm, we're talking like, are we going to win level with this guy, you know, and then they see Patrick Mahomes throwing these sidearm throws or whatever. And like, this guy's incredible, but I'm going off on a football tangent. I could talk about this all day, but anyway, finish your picks. <laughs> I think that, I think the picks were done. I think. Oh, you I did. You finished. Oh, okay. What, what podcast are we on? Yeah. <laughs> no, this, is the, this is the, the Monday morning quarterback presented we're by the emergency Monday night morning quarterback podcast. and no PGA tour event the week prior. That's what, yeah. that's where we are. First week of the NFL. I don't know. I'm super pumped. Obviously, we're all NFL guys, and it's fun to watch. And we can sit here and, you know, debate all day. We we have no idea what these guys go through and what they think about, but it is certainly a lot of fun. We, to, I mean, we really have no idea about anything, but we can fake it pretty good. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. Good. Real good. So on that note, folks, thank you for listening. Again, like we always say, um, please just help us get the word out. Tell anyone that you know, spread our name, Emerging Nine Golf Podcast. We would E9, 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 E9. We're, we're working on some, some swag. I'm currently holding some koozies and some stickers, and we're going to get some more gear and we're going to start selling some things and, you know, just become 100 airs. It's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> really, we're just trying to cover the cost to uh, run this thing. So, yeah. Um, but the logo is cool and the hats are cool. We're going to get a bunch of hats. We're going to get a couple options for everybody. We're douchebags, but the logo is cool. So yeah, logo is cool. Not everybody wants to wear a flat bill. So we're going to have some, uh, some unstructured hats. So we'll, we'll have those available. We're we're working on things. If, um, production times can speed up a little bit, it would be great. And so, but again, please, uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Please like subscribe, share it, tell everyone. And we'll be back next week to break down uh, the first PJ Tour event of the season and preview the Ryder Cup. Thanks, guys. Take care. Cheers.